Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Justice League podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 167 Hearts and Minds. Hi, pals. Time to talk about some hearts and minds. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. Um, which one of us Please. is heart and which one of us is mind? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I am the heart. All right. Because I am not the mind. Mm, I'm not much of a mind. <laughs> well, I'm not much of a heart, so... Uh, All right, maybe we're like half of each. Uh, th- that works. We mm. might just... Maybe we're different organs. We could be different organs. I guess so. The heart and the mind aren't like the most important one. Well, no, but they are, you know, what this episode is. And I'm... What, what about the elbow? That's very important. You know the elbow's not an organ, right? It's a type of organ. It's a body part. Body parts are organs. All right. I mean, you're the doctor here. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not going to question your eight years of medical school. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took us a long time to get there, but we did get there. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh-huh. All right. Let's get to it. Why don't I tell yeah. you about hearts and minds? Mm-hmm. The Green Lantern Corps are fighting one of their big fuck-off space battles on a planet that apparently shares a name with the company that I worked for from uh, 2008 to 2022. The Corps are getting their asses handed to them, presumably because the fighting forces of Ronstadt 7 are lean and efficient since they laid me off. (laughs) Two of the GLs die in the fight. Kids love that. And two remain. Kilowog, the drill instructor, and Kat Matui, who we'll later find out is also a drill instructor. Uh, Katma does that noble, you get out of here, I'll hold them off thing, so Kilowog does that, but not before completing his part of the cliche with, I can't leave you here, then manages to limp away to the Justice League Watchtower to get help from some actual main characters with their own shitty opening title sequence. John, goddammit, we have another episode in which both Johns feature heavily. Also, I almost called one of them Green John, which doesn't really clarify matters at all. (laughs) So, it's code names from here on out just so I don't have to enunciate that apostrophe every time. Green Lantern heads off to investigate what fucked up Kilowog, while the Martian Manhunter unfucks Kilowog up so he can have a fun little side adventure on Earth with Flash. Green Lantern, oh, God damn it! there's more than one of them, so that's not going to work this time either. John Marshall Stewart's investigation leads him to one of those crummy planets where it's still medieval times and ultimately to a terrifying cult leader called Despero. I kept thinking they were saying Destro, but I looked it up and it really is Despero. He also discovers Katmatui, who we find out was both his teacher and his lover, in a pro-pro cat. In a slave Leia bikini, serving as the not-baroness to the not-Destro Despero. Then they throw John into a hole. Which seems bad, but then he wakes up and now he's with the Resistance. Great, this show has mullety rebels too. Only instead of mullets, they have fins on their heads. Also, Katma is working with them, and the stuff with Despero is a whole undercover thing. Then three Justice League guys show and Kilowog show up to help, and then a bunch of boring religion stuff happens. J apostrophe on talks to the fire that gives Despero his power, and then he attacks and dethrones God, just like Antifa <laughs> or the gays or the transes. I forgot who was supposed to be attacking and dethroning God now, but I bet nobody had Martian Manhunter in that office pool. <laughs> then he makes a big tree grow, which is probably a metaphor for something. Oh, and John Lantern gets his mojo back. Did I mention he lost it there for a while? I guess I forgot to mention that. And decides that he's no longer interested in smooching Katma because he has Hawkgirl now. 
because as we all know, a bird in the hand can smash a lot of shit up with an nth metal mace. <laughs> that was very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was a little bored by this one, to be honest. Yeah, because this one was a little boring. Well. Uh, there's stuff I liked, but oh, there yeah, was a lot, lot of pew-pew, zap-zap. And once again, I feel like this could have been a solid episode mm-hmm. if it had been a single part. Yeah, absolutely. That said, though, the the scope, the scale, like the big the big threat of it all, I did like. Mm-hmm. Like it felt well, when you get a an evil space cult who that wants to rule the galaxy. Sometimes it feels like okay, this feels like a very local problem on this planet, but that's it. But mm-hmm. I really felt the the menace of this. It, it it's definitely got like it feels like an actual threat, you know? Yeah. And not just like, because, you know, like so many Star Trek episodes and a, and a decent amount of Justice League episodes, it feels mm-hmm. like they're, they've fallen into someone else's story on this planet. And once they leave, it's not their problem anymore. Yeah, it just, it's not going to matter after this. But like, this feels like it's not just going to be contained to this one planet, you know? Yeah. And the fact that it's like directly involving someone who's connected to one of our guys helps, mm-hmm. and like, you know, and I liked her a lot. Oh, yeah. Cat ruled. Yeah. Great character. She was great. I, mm-hmm. I love the look of her, but this is my bad thing. Then they put her in that fucking Slave Leia bikini. Yeah, of course they do. And I I don't know. I guess it fit with Despero's whole gross cult leader thing. Because, like, when he captures Hawkgirl, he even says, oh, the wings make you exotic. I'm going to make, oh, so make you one of my personal attendants. And it's like, Jesus. Ugh. <laughs> uh-huh. You ever been maced in the dick, uh, Despero? Mm-hmm. Like, this episode was easily the most overtly sexual one, which actually ties to your good thing. This is my good thing. This uh, this ties into my good thing and also into our Kids Love Justice League, uh, because this episode is not subtle about how much fucking John and Cat were doing. Oh, yeah. Like, there's the... When they when When he first shows up, she goes, do you still snore? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, and there's a bit where... So John loses... I never, I didn't understand. Despero took away his, I've never understood the willpower thing anyway. It's such an abstract thing. It barely makes sense, you know? Like, I know what willpower is, but I don't understand how having enough of it makes a Green Lantern ring work, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Uh, Despero does something to John so that his, like, he can't use his ring. And she describes his uh, inability to do that as impotence, which, Mm -hmm. which is a word. It is yep. a word that doesn't necessarily have a sexual connotation if you use mm-hmm. it in this context, except then Flash runs up and says, impotence, which 100% was a sex joke because it's fucking Flash. Yep, absolutely. And also, it's so funny that the first time Amanda and I watched this together nearly 20 years ago, we're still quoting that. Every, like, yep. if we hear the word impotence. Impotence? Impotence. <laughs> Probably Sorry, the, I just had to run in from the other room because I heard you guys talking about impotence. Probably the funniest thing Flash ever said. Not, not that absolutely. That's a, not that that's hotly contested or anything. No, that's a what top three list. He'll he'll get better. He's not bad in this, but he'll no? get better. Well, that's the thing. He he doesn't spend the episode hitting on any. Well, no, that's not true. He absolutely spends some of the episode hitting on he women. He flirts a little, which is different. He doesn't come on so strong that it's gross. He's just like, mm-hmm. oh hey, you're pretty, and that look, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not the one necessarily to say what's appropriate, but he's definitely dialing it back. Sure. Which I really appreciate, because good God. Yeah, I don't mind flirty characters, just don't be gross. Yeah. But um, he spends most of this episode teaming up with his best friend, Kilowog, and well, that's, that was great. That's my good thing, but I, I want to I wanna talk about the, the, the Katma thing a little more first. Um, yeah, yeah. 
what I really like is obviously they've been gradually building this relationship between uh, uh, John Stewart and Hawkgirl, and mm, very they, subtly too. I well, at first, yes. In this one, she's up in his face, like close enough to kiss mm-hmm. at one point, and actually slaps him on the ass. Yep, that was great. But also, he wasn't made uncomfortable by that. Like I think, I think she was actually reading the situation. Is like, you know what? I think. Me being subtle is not working. It's time to go hot girl on this. Yeah. Slap. Ah, slap. Yep. Not with the mace, just with my palm. But, you yeah. know. But um, what I love. That's a, that's a lower hush. Right. Huh. <laughs> what I love is the obvious cliche, the obvious. I've seen this a million times and it's a tired thing. And it's also not really a healthy thing to keep showing people over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Is making her super jealous. Yeah. That would be like, that sucks. like, oh, this is your old girlfriend. I guess I can't be your new girl. No, the whole mm-hmm. time she's like, oh, yeah, you two hooked up, huh? Cool. No kidding. And she was a good teacher. Cool. Yeah. Well, you better back. I get it. You better. When she slaps him on the ass, it's you better go back in there and listen to her then. Not yeah. not you should be fucking me and not her. And I love that. Yeah, it's it's really nice because it's all they always go for that kind of dy- dynamic in not just like not in the, even in this show, like just. In everything. In all stories ever. Yeah, it's it's exactly. one of those. And again, I wish I was a little more qualified to talk about this, but I know there's a whole thing about the way women's relationships with each other are represented. Mm-hmm. They're not always competitive. They're not always like, you know, threatened by each other. They can well, respect each other and, and be be cool. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the thing. It feels like the the only dynamic men understand when they're writing women is, oh, well, clearly these two are going to fight because they both want to fuck this man. Yeah, which, he's the most desirable, like, person in this scene. So, obviously, I mean, you know, I mean, he is, wh- but, you know, wh- what else would what else would they talk about in their spare time? Uh, yeah. Bechtel Schmechtel. Mm hmm. No, I, know I like to sit around with my girlfriends talking about all the men I would like to fuck. <laughs> but it's also like she like Katman never like she's. Definitely a different, like, she's the same type. Like, you can see, mm-hmm. oh, John definitely has a type. But also, she's different enough that she's unique. And they mm-hmm. never do the thing where John's like, oh, you, you've you gone crazy now. You're over the top and I can't handle it anymore. He's just like, mm-hmm. no, I've moved on. The, yeah. The way they frame it is, I like, Katman knows the way he used to be and is sort of talking to that guy. And Hot yeah. Girl's like, yeah, but I've worked with you side by side for the last however long it's been in, in universe, couple years. Yeah. And she's like, I know the John Stewart of now, so I understand exactly. you a little better. Like we're teammates, and she, you know, was with you five years ago or whatever. So, mm. and I like that. Well, I li- and I like that. I will, like, you know, I knew John so- Stewart the soldier. I knew John Stewart the Green Lantern. This is John Stewart the superhero. Like he's yeah. been through a lot of different stuff now. Yeah, working with Batman changes a guy. <laughs> it sure does. He's like, I. John's like, I'm very driven, and I'm very like, you know, strict. And then he saw Batman. He's like, oh, but I could probably dial it back a little. <laughs> yes, I am. I, I, you know, I am a cop for all intents and purposes. And, and I want yeah. people to follow rules. But also, eh, we don't want to turn but into th- Batman. We want to have personal relationships and we want to have work-life balance. I mean, like, this guy never shuts off. Yeah. Except for the three hours in, in the morning when he does, when he literally shuts off like a computer. <laughs> He hangs upside down like a bat. Like, even mm-hmm. when he's sleeping, he's still in fucking character, this guy. Yeah. And he's having dreams about fighting crime. Uh-huh. Dream crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, I liked, I liked the whole, it, it wasn't a love triangle. Like I, I no. was just, and I wouldn't have even minded that at this stage of, cause stories like that, like the jealousy thing would have worked here only because it would have made hot girl consider like, how do I really feel about this guy? Oh yeah. I'm jealous. So I guess I'm into him, but they did it better than that. Um, well, but I just, I liked all of that. Yeah. Well, and the dynamic of like, like two people who amicably split up and like, they both moved on is another thing that just doesn't show up a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. And they're coworkers. So they're still going to see each other. Yeah, exactly. And it's fine. I like that. I mean, I, I am a person and this is, you know, this probably says more about me than I want to say on the mm. podcast, just like, cause I desperately want to be liked, but like, I have good relationships with all my exes. Cause I, sure. I, it's important to me because yeah, we couldn't make it work that way, but we did see something in each other. Mm-hmm. No, there's like, you've definitely got that, like that history doesn't just go away. Yeah. And I like this person. It just didn't work on that level. That doesn't mean yeah. we can't, you know, we can't still relate on the many other levels we did. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I like that, but also I'm sure part of that is just, no, I don't want someone out there who doesn't like me. Oh, the very idea. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but no, I like. If it helps, I like you. Well, I'm glad, but we haven't broken up. That's true. And we never will. <laughs> this is one of the healthiest relationships in my life. <laughs> Until I said that. <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> no, I really liked, I really liked Katma. And she is a hard ass. She is a bit more of a hard ass than, mm-hmm. than John and maybe even than Hawkgirl. And I like, I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to be, you got to have a certain type of attitude to be a drill instructor. That's true. And Trust me, my grandpa was one. Oh, God. Uh huh. That explains the Pearl Harbor thing. It sure does. But um, explains a lot of things, honestly. Like they had, they they Star Trek in particular, and you know, because mm-hmm. because we went on the deepest dive into Star Trek for ten years. I this yep. is my go to thing. Had a real problem with this is the guest star of the week, and you need to care about them within an hour. But mm-hmm. I really had a strong idea of who Katmatui was. In, oh yeah, in this forty minutes or whatever, like. They did an excellent job of introducing someone I'd never seen before and would never see again and getting me Mm -hmm. to know who she is and care about what she does. And like, that's hard to do. And they pulled it off. They do the setup. So like that character is who she is right out of the like right out of the gate, you know? Yeah. She's the noble one in the battle who's like, you guys, you guys go. I will sacrifice myself. And she makes enough of an impression that when she shows up later in in the cult, you're like, oh, shit, it's her. Oh, no, they got her. And I, mm-hmm. I really like I didn't remember anything about this episode except the impotence line. So uh, exactly. Well, like, I mean, listen, priorities here. Yeah. I, it's also the most memorable thing. Like the, the, the thing is, the character stuff was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The story itself and the villain were eh, whatever. I mean, I like Despero as a character yeah. in this. Yeah. Plus. Hey, it's that guy, Despero, played by uh, President Keith David. Absolutely. Which, you know, like, that is the perfect voice for your charismatic but terrifying, like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, space cult leader. Like, mm-hmm, A-plus mm-hmm. casting there. Yeah, I but, love Keith David. But there was, so, and really, this is kind of your bad thing, just the whole religion, like, it was so oh, boring. Yeah, okay. Uh, so the, the ending of this, like, fucking, there's a real feeling of... Uh, well, it's the end of the episode. I guess it's time for the tree god to save the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that old chestnut, which I'm not a particularly huge fan of. Like, uh, Excuse I'm me, s- that old chestnut tree. Exactly. Thank you. Uh-huh. Like, why didn't he turn Despero into a tree before this? Like, 
Well, I guess that's just religion. My bad thing, once again, is religion. Because Jean had to jump into the fire pit that is actually, oh, and I forget the name of the, the force that, uh, what was that thing called? The thing that I gave him his power. Remember. It was whole fire. Yeah. But uh, yeah, whole fire. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the source of Despero's power. The, the gist of it was Despero had access to this power and used his rage Mm-hmm. And Jean, who is a, a sort of a very gentle, kind person, jumped in there and said, wait a minute. No, this works so much better with, you know, compassion. And, you know, it's, it's like it's a metaphor for every religion ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And How about also, we don't try, we try not killing people for a change. And then visually representing that by giving life to the planet versus it being a barren wasteland. Like, I get all that. Mm-hmm. It just and it, it wasn't even bad. It was a good pastiche of religious stuff that already exists. It just mm-hmm. I didn't find it that interesting is all. Exactly. And it just it just feels like it just sort of well, it's time to go home. Yeah. Also, um, I don't know if you remember this or not. This is the exact same ending that the Sam and Max video game had. Oh God. What the first one? Yeah, the first, the 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 LucasArts one. I never got to the end of that because of all the mini games. Uh, fair. That game rules, by the way. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Mm-hmm. I just I would get stuck on some mini game and I wouldn't be able to to get past it. I think was that where they you had to didn't you have to beat them to get past things? I thought I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something. Well, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of Astro Chicken from Space Quest Three. I, oh, oh. You definitely had to beat Astro Chicken to beat Space Quest Three. Okay, this is a this is a rabbit hole that uh, the rest of the show will become if we don't. Uh, yeah, talk about. Uh, I will tell you this though: you should go back and play Sam and Max uh, Hit the Road again because that mm-hmm. game rules. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. I'm surprised they didn't do a uh, like a special edition of that like they did with the other classic. I am too. I'm not sure what the rights issue with Sam and Max is, you uh, know? The rights issues, as I understand them, are Steve Purcell says, yes, let's do some more, please. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, they belong to him, I think. Oh, good. That's fine by me, then. Yeah. Um, there's a, those comics back in print, too. Yeah, those are great. I got the I got the omnibus or whatever, but... Uh, I do, too, but, like... It should be available. Exactly. Because they're fun. Um... There was a bit at the beginning where uh, John Stewart is fixing something elsewhere on the watchtower and, and hot girls talking him through it. And she said, turn the thing clockwise. Wait, you're not turning it clockwise. And he says, well, you told me that clocks on Thanagar go the other way, <laughs> which no, I, I don't, didn't. I don't know why. That's such a stupid, like a mm-hmm. dumb throwaway alien thing. But I also really liked it. <laughs> It's it's very good, and I get like her recovery. Just I don't know what you're talking about. I was the correct one. Well, it's like a, it gives you that rom com dynamic that they have. They mm-hmm. they definitely have that banter. But, oh yeah, but it's also a fun sort of like throwaway Star Trek thing. Like, well, they don't have clocks that go clockwise on my planet. <laughs> All our clocks are digital. It just goes up. Uh-huh. <laughs> there were a lot of funny lines in this. Was like I had to check. Yeah, Dwayne McDuffie wrote it and. It's possible he did punch up, but it's also possible mm-hmm. they have more than one funny writer on staff. Yeah. I shouldn't just give him credit for all the funny stuff. Well, you know, I like Dwayne McDuffie. I want to give yeah. him everything. Also, he's not with us anymore. So it's like, yeah. I want to heap a little more praise on him. Just, you know, don't forget the dead guy. He was great. Mm-hmm. That's all. Uh, n- uh, not a big fan of this episode's Green Lantern's Landlord. I have mixed feelings about that. Mm-hmm. Um. She seemed to be a little bit of a stereotype, but also, I believe, played by the group that, the, like, that they were stereotyping. So it's sort uh, of... Well, that's good, but, like, like... she's an old Asian lady, and at first I mm-hmm. thought it was Lauren Tom, because she's usually their go-to, and it's not. It's the it's the uh, woman who plays uh, uh, Katma, 
doubling up, but ah, okay. But I believe, uh, and I I could be wrong. And mm-hmm. <laughs> once again, you know, I shouldn't just be assuming things, but I I believe she's Asian, so that that makes it a little better. But they did write her a little. Yeah, I'm still it's still not thrilled. But you know that that said, I loved those scenes. This 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 is the good thing I was talking about a minute ago. Mm-hmm. There was a period in comics in the late '80s, early '90s, when I was reading DC. Mm-hmm. When Kilowog was stuck on Earth, like yeah. he was in uh, JLI, but he was in some other stuff too. They did a lot of fish out of water stuff with him because he's the big, tough alien who can't really be tough. Now I don't, I don't think he has yeah. a Green Lantern ring, so he's just like he's a big. Yeah, he's just like a guy living on Earth or whatever, right? Yeah, like he's still a imposing guy, good in a fight, but he's also this isn't his planet, and he usually stays out of stuff. Was this was this post? How uh, goes crazy? No. Okay. This definitely would have been before that. Um, I don't remember the circumstances that brought him there. I just remember he was in that run of, you know, that that uh, from the beginning from JLI mm-hmm. run that I love. Um, yeah. But it turned out like the thing he discovered when he didn't have his ring, like his his regular guy power is he's a good engineer of, of the, mm-hmm. the chief O'Brien type, the type who could just take some garbage you have like like MacGyver and just build something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. That was that's his really skill, cool. which is a, which, that's a great guy to have. Oh, absolutely. And um, like, I like drill instructor Kilowog, but that other version, that's my guy. That's mm. we've we covered the Green Lantern origin story eight or ten times in the Patreon for a while. And every time Kilowog shows up, I was like, hey, I like that guy. And I couldn't remember uh, why, but it, it's not because of the drill instructor stuff. It's because of that. And that's yeah. the version of him they give us here. Like as much as I still don't like Flash, he is getting better. And. All his scenes with Kilowog where they're just hanging around on Earth. They're they're in John's apartment, which is how that ties yeah. into what you were talking about. Like uh, Flash says, ooh, there's ice cream in here. And mm-hmm. uh, he tosses it to Kilowog and Kilowog just throws the whole thing and the whole pint in his mouth, including the yep. uh, the package <clears throat> and says, mmm, delicious. <laughs> just real stupid, but real funny. He also eats a copy of Old Yeller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then the next beat is Flash say, ah, Old Yeller, I knew it. And he throws it to Kilowog and he puts it in his mouth like the other thing. Yep. Comedy. That's how you do comic relief. Yeah. The guy doesn't understand and he's trying mm-hmm. to fit in. It's cute. Come on, guys. And it it made Flash less of a creep because, well, he's not hanging out with a woman. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the secret because... Mm-hmm. I said this a week or two ago where it was him and some dudes. Yeah. Just keep him away from the ladies just, and it's fine. Yeah. You know? But no, it was a good, because they, by the end, they're friends. Yeah, exactly. And there's a great line where they're leaving and Flash is like, uh, hey, in a week, come to my place for brats. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll do. And then he uh, turns to Kama and goes, what's a brat? <laughs> oh, you're going to have a great time. That t- They taste way better than a uh, than a v- uh, copy of Old Yeller. <laughs> I can't speak to the ice cream, but uh, I, I probably it tastes better than the carton the ice cream came in. That's fair. I would guess. Mm-hmm. But it was just and, you know, he's still a tough guy, but he's also got this and he's not dumb. He just doesn't know. Yeah. I like like I get tired of a dumb guy, but like mm-hmm. a guy who's just out of his element and trying to yeah, understand he's... and t- struggling with it is funny to me. No, it's a guy who knows stuff. He's just not from Earth. And yeah. you guys keep bringing up Earth shit for him to talk about. And that's Flash's entire frame of reference. He's been to space yeah. so many times, but he has absorbed none of that. Mm-hmm. Everything is just what he sees every day to him. Yep. Yep. So it's a good, it's like, I would watch an, an entire episode that just pairs them up. And I don't think 
we're going to see much more Kellogg, but this was, Oh, that would actually be, that would actually be a really good JLU episode. Yeah. I'd watch the crap out of that. Yeah. No, Kellogg's like, like this, like I said, this version of him is my favorite one. Like he's so, Mm -hmm. he's so much fun. Um, what else? See, uh, let, Hmm. Oh, the back to the religion thing for a minute. Yeah. Uh, the first shot we see of that planet, everyone's walking around in their fucking monk robes or and their castles and blah. And um, <laughs> I just it's it's medieval times on every planet. You guys could you guys could crib from some other influence, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, it's just like Victorian England. Those are the two well, time periods. Well, it feels like uh like a combination of medieval times and Aladdin. Yeah, there's that. De- well, there was definitely like I read that uh, uh, Bruce Tim and the, the the rest of the team were like, yeah, we were trying to sort of cobble together a thing that looked like religions you're familiar with. So mm. if it looks like Aladdin, it's probably because they were evoking, you know, most ma- like major Western religions that started yeah. in the Middle East. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but um, uh, there's a there's a bit where someone is arrested for having contraband, which is books. And I was like, uh-huh. OK, thought crime. Thanks. I get mm-hmm. it. I understand. And I tried- yes, yes. We've all said we read 1984. And I <laughs> I've read it. I don't remember I shit about too, it. But uh, listen, yeah, I but um, I try not to give the show too much shit for for dealing with sort of broad like cliches, because that's that's superhero stuff. And sometimes yeah. you just got to get down to it. And I understand. But. You know. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, oh, there's some a good b- naked cat aliens in this one. <laughs> I didn't think of them as naked, but all right. It's just a lot of hairless cat aliens running around. Oh, you know? I see, yeah, like a Mr. Bigglesworth. Uh, I, exactly. When I see one of those, I'm like, oh, a naked cat. You got one of those naked cats. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> How's your naked cat doing? Cold? All right. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't kink shame, but uh, not not my thing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. So I probably spent too much time thinking about this. Sure. When they're looking, like the reason they go down to, to John's apartment is because Kilowog's ring ran out of juice and he needs to mm-hmm. charge it. And they're like, well, we could use John's battery. John's out in space. Yeah. And he leaves his ring in his apartment. But Well, that... But okay, hang on. But it, it's in a pocket dimension, mm-hmm. presumably so he can access it in space, right? Yeah. Okay. But then why can't Kilowog get to his the same way? I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it really it really felt like um, this this whole thing only existed so they could have, they, you know, could go look for it. So they could give me some fun uh, Kilowog and Flash palling around. So I, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, you know. I know, this is the thing I know because I read Green Lantern comics. Like it, it kind of just travels around with you in that pocket dimension. Yeah, I understand. You know, so you don't have to go back to your house every twenty four hours. I, I completely understand that, particularly if mm-hmm. he's out in deep space doing reconnaissance, and who knows how long he's going to be out there. Yeah, but that okay. Then why can't Kilowog get to his then? Yeah, exactly. That's and all it's, uh, because you know, like then we wouldn't have a reason for them to go to uh, John's apartment. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Hmm. I don't like that that's the excuse, but, like, I like what happened, so, you know, I guess I'll, I've made my peace with it. Yeah, if that's how you get there, then I will ignore it. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. There was a fun moment where uh, 
I think it was near the end of the first part where uh, uh, John and uh, Katma and the resistance are all like, well, we're fucked. And then like off screen, you hear, ha! It's like, yep. oh, they're not fucked. It's like nope. it's like that shot of the Millennium Falcon coming streaking in at the last second. It's like, oh, yes, so if the good. Millennium Falcon flew up and hit the Death Star with a mace. Uh-huh. I mean, Which would have been an awesome end to that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hawk girl, trust your feelings. My feeling is ha! <laughs> Don't give in to your rage. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. Look, there's not much difference between me and Despero. The difference is he's got a magic cleansing hellfire and I've just got a mace. Mm-hmm. I don't need cleansing hellfire when I have a mace. Uh-huh. Oh, look at this guy with his big cleansing hellfire. Mm-hmm. Wuss. Well, he does sound like Keith David. I mean, he's got that mm-hmm. going for him as well, as well, you know. Well, that just means they're going to fight in an alleyway for 20 minutes. Mm, that's why I said President Keith David. That's that's the uh, the less tedious Keith David. Look, you think about your Keith David, and I'll think about mine. Okay. Which, uh, what was he president in? Uh, the the Saints Row, one of the Saints Row games. That's right. No, he was uh, he was your vice president. Uh, for a little while, and then yeah. the president died, I think, because he became president. Yes. He's also president in, like, Rick and Morty. Um, yeah, I don't else, too. It may, it may have started prior to that. That's the first time yeah. I became aware of it, but it's definitely a running joke now. Yeah, that was mostly why I asked. I'm like, what? Uh, what's your uh, what's your reference? Yeah, my frame to- of reference is, is Saints Row, but it could have started before that. Yeah, that predates Rick and Morty, but I don't know what else. Like what else yeah. it appeared? I'm in. pretty sure I've seen him play president in a bunch of stuff. Well, he's got he's got a very good presence. He's he's a very like very charismatic, very powerful mm-hmm. dude. Like he's he plays a good leader. Yeah, Keith David kicks ass. Yeah, my good thing is Keith David. <laughs> he does kick ass in an alley for 20 minutes. Yeah, for 20 minutes. Oh my god. That movie rules. Uh-huh. Oh, um, so uh there's the bit where uh Despero's sort of torturing everyone and mm-hmm. the the woman who plays Hawk Girl who, you know, gets those ha's and she she gives this scream. Oh, of pain. it's so good. Just like visceral. Yeah, there's not a there's not a ton of range in this role, but she really like mm-hmm. everything they give her that she fucking nails. But also that's the moment when John sort of finds his willpower and channels it and gets his shit back and it's like oh you threaten someone he cares about Mm -hmm. and i think that's probably why she was directed to make it as agonizing as possible just to to really get through to him yep and it worked and oh go ahead no no. desperate i'm about to show you why the power of love is a curious thing Mm -hmm. do you need money to ride on this train you absolutely do not okay no but and usually i'm not a huge fan of put put the woman in danger to motivate mm-hmm. the man. But you know what? I think hot girls earned enough like competence points that they could do. This, oh yeah. This, this one time. Yeah. If you spend most of the rest of the series being a complete, ba- be, excuse me, being the complete badass, and like from the earlier example, I cited rescuing everyone when they're, you know, mm-hmm. when they're doomed. Yeah. Yep. Like you can, you can have one, <laughs> Despero could have one hot girl torture as a treat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe she's into that. I mean, look. Maybe it's a regular treat for them. Listen, whatever makes you happy. Uh Uh-huh. Also, oh, I had really one more thing, which is um, anytime a villain gets their big, like we had this with um, uh, Vandal Savage a week or two ago. Um, 
where the villain has their big, this is my secret origin. And then yeah. we do a, a whole flashback, sometimes in a different art style. It just mm -hmm. makes me think of the Aqua Teens ghost of the future past, whatever the fuck oh, it yeah. is. The duck <laughs> robot who's like, millions of years ago. And then the mist starts coming up. It's like, yep. Oh my God, Ugh. shut up. Yep. That'll take a thousand hours. Mm -hmm. yeah, Despero's origin was very much a, you, you could have just mentioned, we didn't need a whole thing. Like I, well, there's a whole planet of, it. there's a whole planet of finhead dudes and he's a finhead dude with a third eye. So he mm -hmm. was destined for something special. That's all. Yeah. It's I, I get it. You know, like we, we don't have to do the whole, the whole thing. Nope. We do not. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I speak cult leader, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are purple guys. Mm -hmm, they sure are. With fins on their heads. Mm -hmm. You are much more qualified to answer this than I am. Are they? Do they qualify as some type of blahaj? Uh, good question. Which I, that, recently, uh, which I recently learned is not pronounced that, but that's how I'm going to keep saying it. That, that is how I pronounce the specific blahaj that lives in our house. But yes. uh, No, the one from Ikea you say in Swedish or Danish blaha? or whatever it is. No, it was, it's, it's a little like, it's one of those where it's like, really, you made those letters do that, huh? Mm -hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head, but anyway, I, I'm just curious because these guys, you know, have a purplish tint and they're, I mean, I could definitely see the, uh, over time, the, uh, the, the blue and the, uh, the pink sort of blending together into a purplish and, you yeah, know, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's your plan of the blahages. Good. Okay. <laughs> that's that sorted then. <laughs> yep. Welcome to most uh, trans-positive planet in the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Despero's an evil cult leader, but come on. Yeah, man. Also, like I said, uh, attack and dethrone God. Yeah. I love attacking and dethroning God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that... He said that as if it was a bad thing. That's so fucking funny. I, when I looked it up to make sure I had the phrase right for my summary, uh, I discovered that it did not originate on whatever dumb Fox News thing. It mm -hmm. was actually a phrase used by some actual counterculture movement in the 60s or the 70s. Oh, no kidding. Like, it was, like, you know, the people, like, one, one of the groups out there protesting the, the war or the, something mm -hmm. said that seriously. And so this is, you know. 50 years later, someone's saying, ah, I bet they want to attack. Oh, yeah, because you get all your information from, like, old news reels about Nixon. Yeah, exactly. People are still well, saying if, that, I'm sure. Well, if Nixon thought it was a good idea. Well, he didn't think it was a good idea. He hated those hippies who wanted to attack and dethrone God. That's what I'm saying. I Aru. wanted to attack and dethrone God. Aru. <laughs> Aru, key crisp. <laughs> all right. Anything else? I... I think that's everything. Oh, yes. Cap <laughs> uh, has got the line at one point uh, to John. I don't think you'd look good in the brass bikini. Yep. Everyone looks good in the brass bikini, Katma. Yeah, that's true. I don't think it would mm -hmm. fit him, though. He's he's very beefy. Like, like well, that's true. He'd have, to get a, he'd have to get a custom built one, but I still yeah. think he could rock it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Also, he reads as incredibly straight to me. I would love that. He, I would love to discover that he is not. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Like, he just, you know, he strikes me as one of those very rigidly straight people. Yeah, yeah. Like, I imagine it took a Wonder Woman a long time to understand what his deal was. Mm -hmm. What's, uh, 
what's happening here? I'm straight. I don't, you I are, don't. You understand. are very emphatically a man, a thing I've never met before. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your deal? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't have a deal. I'm a soldier. Mm-hmm. I'm a soldier mm-hmm. too, but I like to kiss ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, hang on. Soldier? Question mark? Mm-hmm. Underline? It is weird that Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman weren't in this one. Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's always kind of weird when we're missing somebody, honestly. Yeah. But I but guess like, we it, just got Wonder Woman. does not have the space for it. Well, that, and I'm fine with that. We don't have to have yeah. all, you know, everybody every time. And we just got a whole Wonder Woman two-parter last week, and mm-hmm. the other two had whole series about them, so it's fine. Yeah. These are the guys we know the least about. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. It's just, you have, like, that big opening sequence and, like, Superman strutting out looking terrible. Uh, and you're like, oh, I thought Superman was in this show. Well, and uh, there's so many situations where I'm like, this would be over in 30 seconds if you had mm-hmm. Superman on the team. Well, I mean, that would be the issue. It's just, uh, we can't I, yeah. have an episode of Superman's here. I imagine when they're breaking the, like, the the storylines they're like okay no superman in this one this one this one batman mm-hmm. would definitely stop this in 10 seconds yeah okay flash will always be there because flash will never solve anything no never solved anything in his life i said impotence <laughs> that's true you did do that i solved why kids love cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> is that a mystery it was, delicious. It was it a mystery like for a good chunk of the 90s, if I recall correctly. I thought it was Apple Jacks. It might have been Apple Jacks. I don't know. I haven't watched a real commercial in so long. Mm. I had to watch something. Well, I didn't have to, but I wanted to watch something on Hulu the other day. And I was like, is mm-hmm. there no option to not watch ads? Jesus Christ. I mean, we pay for adless Hulu. Yeah, so. I, I, I found it eventually. But yeah. Because there's a paid one where you still see ads. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. And they just stick them in any old where. Yeah, like I was watching a very old sitcom and like mm-hmm. when there are, you know, predetermined ad breaks on old shows. Yeah, there's a whole like where it'll fade to black and then fade back in yeah. and you'll see an establishing shot of Cheers like. And the whole narrative is structured so that you don't feel like the story's being interrupted. They reach a beat where the story mm-hmm. can be paused for a moment and then you yeah. take a break. But no, they just put them wherever the fuck they want. Well, I mean, if there's one thing I know about uh, about uh, streaming companies is that they really care about the integrity of the story of the epi- of the shows that they're showing you. So first new Futurama basically said, uh, yeah, no, they don't. Welcome to Hulu, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is good. Ugh. All right. Uh, I think that's all for this time. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Next week, we are doing A Better World, which I believe is the, the the Justice Lords episode we've been talking about for so long. Oh, cool. So that'll that'll be fun. And I think our friend Brian's joining us. We, we do have some uh, some scheduling things where we're like, I don't want to I don't want to promise that. But I think yeah, I think we're going to have Brian. So, uh, yeah, potentially look forward to that. Well, look mm-hmm. forward to us doing it regardless, because, you know, hey, yeah, <laughs> you'll always yeah, have look us forward to us. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, and, and give us some money at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Algar. Uh, we are reviewing the entirety of the brave and the bold. Mm-hmm. We are having a great time doing that. Flonk actually just joined us for the next one. Uh, just recorded an insane episode with Flonk. Yeah. Where I inadvertently said something, uh, unintentionally transphobic and there's, oh. a, there's an awkward couple of seconds where Maggie's like, Hey, what the fuck? And I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. We still love each other. It's okay. Yes. And I did not mean it that way. And she knows that. But yes, absolutely. For a moment, it was mm-hmm. it was real rough there. Uh, so if you want to hear that bit of drama, please sign up for our Patreon. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely worth a dollar a month. Yeah. 
at least, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you could give more. Again, I am uh, not uh, steadily employed. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of uh, freelance uh, voiceover yeah. work, but I'm like auditioning takes a lot of time. And mm-hmm. once I decide I got to go back to a day job, then like I'm not going to be able to audition very much. And so yeah. that's it. I basically give up on the dream. And I would like, like a little more time if possible. So this is one Give way I could get a few, some money. Damn it. Just a, just a couple of bucks. Just, just a little butt. And, you know, and that is just to go to the production costs. Like I'm not saying pay yeah. me directly. I'm saying this will pay like our voice actors and stuff yeah, it's, so that I don't have to do that out of my pocket. Cause I don't have that it, much money right now. Yeah. That's all. Do all right. Al a favor. It works hard for you. But yeah, I suppose so. All right. Uh, let's see the website as ever. Kids love Batman.com. If you want to write to us, kids love Batman podcast at Gmail. I think let's see. We have, Oh no, we still have quite a bit. I was going to say, we have a mail show coming up soon. Not, not until like late September. So a little, right. little while from now. That's still a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but start thinking about what you want to think about writing us now. Yes, exactly. Uh, and if you're mentioning something we said this week, maybe remind us what we said. Cause we have terrible, mm. terrible memories. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, and that's all for this time. Yeah, see ya, folks. Twala. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2023, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.